Every new year brings a new Utah legislative session. Welcome back to State Street. I'm Sean Higgins. And I'm Sage Miller. I hope y'all didn't miss us too much. Sean, are you ready for a hefty stack of bills, heated debates, and 45 days of no sleep? Because the 2023 legislative session is underway. Well, I certainly hope we don't have too many sleepless nights in the depths of Capitol Hill, but it is our job to watch the lay of the legislative land. It's week one of the legislative session. We know some top issues that will certainly be addressed, which means things could get spicy on the chamber floors. For this episode, we'll take a quick look at some of the highest profile legislation slated for this year. And we'll have a conversation between two state lawmakers from opposing parties. Could it be a smackdown? You might actually be surprised with the common ground they find. One was just elected and the other is the longest serving female legislator in the state. Stay tuned for that conversation. I'm confident the next seven weeks will flash before our eyes. The legislature moves quickly on a time crunch. That means lawmakers will pass more bills than two people can humanly cover. Just to put that into perspective, the legislature gave the green light to more than 500 bills last year. In 45 days. That's insane. I could never reach that level of productivity. Well, not with that attitude, you won't. We're expecting legislation covering everything from water to abortion to school vouchers to transgender health care. Let's get into it. Here's what we're looking at this year. The House majority and the Senate majority are both Republican, and they have similar agendas. Lawmakers in the House and the Senate are prioritizing taxes, water, and education funding. Both chambers are talking about giving Utah teachers a raise. What that raise could look like in practice is something we'll be diving deeper into a little bit later this season. Hint, there will most likely be a trade-off. In order for teachers to receive a pay bump, something like school vouchers might have to happen in return. Also on the docket, some social issues. We're seeing two bills that deal with restricting healthcare access for transgender youth. One bans gender-affirming surgery, the other bans things like puberty blockers. Another social issue, abortion. For now, Utah's near-total abortion ban is blocked by the court. But that could be up in the air. A joint resolution sponsored by Representative Brady Brammer could change how judges grant injunctions in the state. If it passes, Planned Parenthood would have to refile its case challenging the law. Revisions that could affect Utah's abortion trigger law are coming down the pipeline, too. And, of course, there is bound to be a few curveballs and last-minute pieces of legislation, too. Because what fun would that be if it were predictable? Zero fun at all. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, it's time for a little talk between two lawmakers on different sides of the aisle. You're listening to State Street. Support for State Street comes from the Hinckley Report podcast, a weekly roundtable discussion about the biggest political headlines in the Beehive State. Find new episodes of PBS Utah's The Hinckley Report every Friday, wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to State Street. I'm Sean Higgins. And I'm Sage Miller. Sean, what do you get when you put a veteran House Democrat and a freshman House Republican together in a studio? I would have to say tension. (laughs) Maybe a little bit. But more importantly, you receive sage advice about navigating a new job. Do I even have to ask if that pun was intended? Nope, because it totally was. 
We sat Democratic Representative Carol Spackman Moss and Republican Representative Trevor Lee down to have a conversation about how to survive life as a Utah legislator. Representative Speckman Moss has been a lawmaker for going on 23 years. She's the longest serving female representative in Utah history. Needless to say, she has some thoughts on lawmaking. Representative Lee is brand spanking new to this whole lawmaker gig. He beat incumbent Representative Steve Handy in the 2022 election. And Lee's arrival into politics hasn't gone unnoticed, to say the least. He's 31, so very young in the world of Utah politics, and was a complete unknown. Since then, he's found himself in local headlines for making transphobic comments and being behind a Twitter account that amplified conspiracy theories and anti-LGBTQ speech. Lee said he didn't know his rhetoric towards the trans community was harmful, but he did fall short of an apology. And he got pushback from fellow Republicans, including House Speaker Brad Wilson. All that to say, Lee and Spackman Moss definitely have different political views. But this conversation is actually more about what they have in common and what they have to learn from each other. So without further ado, here's Democrat Carol Spackman Moss and Republican Trevor Lee interviewing each other. Well, I'm Carol Spackman Moss, and I represent Holiday, where I live, a big part of Mill Creek now, and I represent part of Murray. And this is the beginning of my 23rd year. I'm Trevor Lee, and I'm newly newly elected to House District 16, which is the north part of Layton, uh, goes into South Weber a little bit, and then just a tiny sliver of Clearfield. And I've never run for public office before, so this is my first time in politics. I'll ask Carol. Freshman orientation was just like a fire hose coming at us. Do you remember what that was like that first day? I do remember, and I felt overwhelmed, as I'm sure you did. Mm -hmm. But Here's the thing when I look back that I think would be helpful for you for you to know. You can't really understand how everything works until you do it. In fact, I had no idea about how legislatures worked and bills. Mm-hmm. And I asked a teacher friend who happened to teach elementary school, and she gave me a, something her fourth graders got that gave a chart of how a bill becomes a law. Mm-hmm. I remember looking at it thinking, what? But until you... You actually are part of the process. That's how you learn. And the most important advice I can give you is listen more than you speak. Don't worry about not absorbing all that because it's actually doing it that makes the difference. Well, that's good to hear because uh, that's typically how I learn. I like to just jump in and just give it a try first before I um, figure out if I like it, number one. And number two is... Um, just kind of moving along piece by piece. And so I I, I appreciate that. Well, I'd like to know what inspired you to run for office because people often ask that question of me. And um, what skills do you think you bring to the position? I've always been involved with like politics or up on issues since I was a kid. And I would credit my parents to that. So growing up, I have three brothers. We would always have discussions at the dinner table. Uh, My dad would quiz us on history, presidents, wars, um, government stuff. And, and we just, we, we loved it. As I've gotten older, I feel like, at least with a lot of the beliefs that I have, um, things in our, in our state and country are, are shifting dramatically. And um, I don't like the direction of a lot of things. And so as someone who would you know either come up to the Capitol and, and, and watch a, a, a committee hearing or um, would try to go gather signatures or just try to stay involved as I could without actually running for office. 
um, I wasn't seeing much traction or, or, or not a lot was getting done. And, and so uh, one of the things that helped inspire me was my mom ran for a city council seat and it was really neat to watch her make a difference in the city that she loved. And I realized after a while that now I'm now a father and, and have my own career and things going that the only way I can make a difference is to is to run for office. And I know, Carol, you and I would dis- probably disagree on this, but I would love to keep Utah really red. And if, you know, people like blue, you know, Californians are blue. And, and so uh, that's, that's one of the reasons I decided to do that. I see Utahns as being generally moderate in the middle, leaning right or leaning left, not to the extremes. And I think we've seen more of the extremes in recent years. And in the years I've been in, people say to me, you know, I, I like that you're moderate because I live in a Republican-leaning district. It's not a liberal holiday. It's not filled with – it's, uh, and I have a lot of Republican supporters as a result of being that person that they see as common sense and, and moderate but getting things done. But do you feel that you're too – like you say, you want Utah to be red. I think it's nice to have a mixture. You have more debate and – but can you see yourself working with the other side? Because I've always worked in a bipartisan way. Yeah, um, it's it's interesting. Before being elected, my thought process was what I've heard and seen is we just fight and clash, not realizing that 85 to 90 percent of the issues are, are nonpartisan. Everyone agrees on them. And uh I've, I've never had a problem getting along with people in my life. Uh, and I just because I disagree with someone doesn't mean I would dislike them or that we can't then come to an agreement on, on issues. Uh, it's a lot easier for, obviously, Republicans to say, yeah, like, we can work things out because it tends to lean more to the right on a lot of stuff here in Utah just because it's, it's majority Republican. Uh, but that doesn't mean Democrats don't have good ideas. What I've seen in recent years in politics that I think has changed is that some feel the need to vilify the other side rather than, as you said, saying, well, Democrats have good ideas, Republicans have good ideas. And and I think the most important thing about being successful in politics, there are two things, relationships and results. And if you have good relationships, I typically do all my bills. I have Senate sponsors who are Republicans, and I've been a sponsor for many Republicans on the Senate side as well. And I think the public likes to see that. One thing I love about Carol is um, your willingness to work with other people, but the other part is your background with education. Uh, Education is the biggest part of our budget in Utah. And I don't see any reason why we can't have the most thriving students in the country, but I I would love to work with you on education stuff. Well, that's really heartening to hear that because um, that's the reason I ran for office, because someone reached out to me and said, you should run for the legislature, Carol, because the current representative um, has not been good in education. I used to read his quotes in the paper when everybody read the paper, and he said, teachers are a bunch of whiners. I was one of the most recent people to have been in school. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like most everyone that's in the legislature didn't have cell phones, for example, when they were in school. When I was in high school, that was a completely normal thing. And it's changed the the dynamic and also technology has too. Um, I just wanted to mention that 
there was nothing called coding when I was teaching. <laughs> <laughs> and um, my daughter teaches high school English. Mm-hmm. And cell phones are a detriment. It's very easily to, easy to get distracted, and then I won't even get started on the damage that cell phones and apps have done to teenagers Correct. in yes. particular, the kind of bullying. And I have some legislation I'll be working on. I'd love to talk to you about it, where kids are being uh, sexually harassed and they're doing dangerous things. And so there's a balance. There has to be a balance there with technology. I agree. Um, I don't know if you knew this, but I'm actually running a bill to get rid of cell phones in classrooms. Really? Yes. And I've had 100% support from teachers and, and, and just a little bit of pushback from probably people, on, even on my side, for reasons that you'd find interesting. Uh, but it's I agree with you. Once again, like we both have these concerns with the technology. And, and it's interesting because that's, this is something that is, is bipartisan. Right? We, we both can agree on. So, yeah, I'd love to talk to you and even get your opinion on some of that stuff, too. So. It will be interesting. I'll be happy to follow that and work with you on that. What are you most nervous about being a new lawmaker? My biggest concern is um, is not being able to be effective. If I'm not effective, um, what am I doing? I, I this is time away from my family, time away from my kids, time away from my career. Uh, where if I'm not able to to get things done and and, and be effective, then it, that would be my biggest concern. Well, it's definitely going to be a balance for you that it'll be more challenging than it was for me because my youngest was in college when I started. So, you know, I've, I've watched legislators who many times have had to leave because their career was suffering. Right. It wasn't easy for me as a teacher. They didn't encourage people to run for office because you get a substitute for seven weeks, it may or may not be a good experience for kids. And I felt like it wasn't going to be for my students. And, you know, so you get a new job, let's say, and say, oh, by the way, I have to be gone for seven weeks, Mm -hmm. January through March. And then, oh, by the way, at least once a a month or even more, because there are many more meetings, Trevor, than there used to be. Um. And we had special sessions that we didn't used to have. So mm-hmm. you're right to be concerned about that. That's a, definitely a balancing act. I actually am curious your thoughts on this because you know a lot of lawmakers. Who would you say is the most misunderstood lawmaker? Well, I've worked with Senator Todd Weiler on a number of bills, and I'm working with him this year on um, on jail reform and, mm-hmm. you know, serious subjects. Yeah. I really like working with him. Um, he's on Twitter a lot, and he is, he is. I would just say he's a provocateur on Twitter. <laughs> and I said something nice about him once, and I said to him, I hope I didn't ruin your reputation. <laughs> <laughs> the question was, who's a lawmaker that you don't like the things they say on Twitter, but you can work with him, and I said that, but... I think you have to really balance that. I mean, do you want to be just known as somebody that provokes a lot of yeah. anger? Um, but he's pretty funny. Yeah. He is. And um, I'm thinking of Jim DeBacchus, who's no longer in. He was really funny. And he he was entertaining in the Senate, but he didn't get a lot accomplished in terms of passing bills. But then another way to look at it is is it really about how many bills you pass? Maybe you do things that are 
effective and help facilitate other people, but you don't always get credit for them. I, I do have a question for you, and I brought up one. How do you uh, typically handle, because you can't make everyone happy, mm-hmm. how do you handle people that you disagree with? Well, not everybody agrees with me, and some I, I've found that the those that don't, in the recent years, there are groups that say really vile things that I've never heard before, and um, they call you names and things. And I, like, if you started an email by you disgust me, I'm not really inclined to right. try to explain myself. I would say, Trevor, always be respectful to people, and even if they say really mean and derogatory things and don't respond say i'm sorry you feel that way carol thank you learned a lot from you and i'm excited to work with you this session well thank you very much likewise i've learned from you and i got insight into you and it's it's always really fascinating to me why people do this because it is not an easy job trevor And having that rep in front of your name might bring you a little bit of respect from people, but not everybody feels that way. So thank you for doing this. Thank you. That was Democratic Representative Carol Spackman-Moss and freshman Republican Representative Trevor Lee. Look at us building bipartisan bridges. We look forward to covering that education bill. Consider this your accountability notice, representatives. Well, would you look at that? Just like the legislative session, season four of State Street is officially underway. First episode of season four? Check. We still got it, Sean. Perhaps we're just as productive as the part-time legislature is. At least for the next seven weeks we are, where you can find us breaking down the latest news from Utah's Capitol Hill in your podcast feed every Monday. Next week on the show, we are talking to Governor Spencer Cox and Lieutenant Governor Deidre Henderson. We'll hear their hopes for the 2023 session. But for now, that does it for this episode of State Street. I'm Sage Miller. And I'm Sean Higgins. The show's executive producer is Caroline Ballard. Editing and production support comes from David Childs and KUER News Director Elaine Clark. Our digital team includes Jim Hill, Renee Bright, Raquel Davis, and Eleanor Gomberg. State Street is a production of KUER. If you're a fan of the show, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. It helps other listeners find State Street. See you next week. Next week on the pod... The pod, who am I? Crooked Media? The pod. The pod. The pod. From KUER. 